right, here we go. It's the Bob McCown Podcast brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. McCown Shannon with you. And on this program, um, our friend Richard Deitch has been with us for a little while. Will join us and we'll chat about a whole bunch of things, not the least of which is the start of the NBA season. Yeah. Which is now you finally know, you, at hand. Did right? you know it was starting? Well, I knew it was starting this week. Yeah. Wasn't sure it was. You know, the NBA is an interesting league. They almost like, let's just get it underway. And then they really don't pay near as much attention. And TNT, by the way, did you see Ernie Johnson and those guys? They got 10 year contract extensions. Did they? Kenny, Charles, Shaq, Ernie got 10 year contract extensions yesterday. 10 years. Wow. Wow. I'm a little surprised at that, to tell you the truth, you know? That's a long time. Well, I kind of thought either, you know, Shaq or Charles would wind up saying, you know, I don't want to do that long. Bob, I tell you what, I think, and, 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 but I think they both love it. Well, and I think Wayne touched on it when he was, was on a couple of weeks back. I think the Turner people have made it fun for all those guys. Of course they have. And they have so much fun and, you know, they, they, they only have to work the, the one day a week during the, the regular season. And then it's 40 games and 40 nights for them. I think they have a blast. And, and so why not keep, why not keep doing it? I I agree. (laughs) Uh, Maybe we'll talk about that too. Richard Deitch is coming up. We'll do that after these messages. Uh, We are back. It's McCowan. It's Shannon and it's Richard Deitch who uh, joins us. Nice to see you. Everything okay with you? Good to be back with you fellas and uh we're both looking healthy and sprightly oh, shut that's up. us healthy and sprightly yeah sprightly and, uh, he, is what he, we he's are. he he <laughs> and he's neither of those things so i guess i'm both that would be both <laughs> and but let uh, me just say i know he doesn't want me to do this which is no, why i'm going to do it congratulations I don't want to john oh. on uh the debut of your book coming out i saw that in the athletic yeah. it, uh excellent q a interesting stuff uh especially for me as an American who really has honestly a surface knowledge of hockey night in Canada and it's massive impact. And so, um, so I've known you for a while, but I learned, I learned something in that Q and a. So congratulations on your upcoming book. Thank you, Richard. It was uh, I'd like to call it a labor of love, but I'd be lying. if I told you it was a labor of love, but as Bob, knows, but as Bob knows, as Bob knows, I love talking about television and I love talking about hockey. So when somebody asks you to write about it, you do it. But there's nothing more painful than writing a book. It, it was it was a horrible experience for me. <laughs> I mean, and I assume it was equally horrible for you, was it? Well, here's you know this. By the way, this is not the goal of this show is to talk about my book. But um, <laughs> well, hold the damn book up. I know you got it there. Hold it I up do, so I people do, can see it. I do have a copy. John, you're like the worst public relations die. person I've ever seen. Well, no, it's the it's the anti cell. You know, that's what it is. It's, um, so the, so the whole, you know, the whole concept of, of being able to do what we do for most of our lives, I have never thought in everything that I've ever done that I was at work, not one day, whether it was being with you guys, whether it was running hockey night, whether it was being at the Olympics, I, I was playing in the sandbox. I was having a blast. <laughs> Writing a book is work. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, you know they, they they every um anyone who writes for a living. I guess I'm the only one on this uh, podcast today who's who's paid to who has been paid throughout his career to write for a living. It's not easy. It, it's it's you you may you can be you you are often perhaps satisfied with what you write, although more than not you're not. But it's the process is always in some ways painful. At least in my experience, compared to talking about sports, which has always felt more pleasurable. So the sat, I think, like I would say for me, completing a piece is incredibly satisfying. Mm-hmm. Of writing, I'm saying, but the process to get to that, and I imagine John, you agree with me now, that process is not easy. It's frustrating, and it's not always satisfying until you, I guess you complete it. Yeah. Well. I mean, for the for the ten years that I was at at Sportsnet, I, I wrote articles twice a week for the for the web, um, and to me it was like priming and starting the world's worst lawnmower engine, and you'd crank something, you'd crank something, you'd crank something, and finally, finally, 
the engine would start and your your mind would start to whir. And could you do a thousand words? Could you do nine hundred words uh, in telling a story? So, you know, when you when you're doing a book, and 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 quite frankly, um, I'm not sure that I would have been able to do the book without being told that I had to stay at home. You know, this is I started writing it the day after uh, the, the the shutdowns occurred and the pandemic was in full force. Uh, and it gave me some days a reason to get out of bed, uh, to write the book, and then to look back and tell stories, talk to people, refresh my memory of what happened on this date, because uh, I wanted to be accurate. Um, but there were times that I would, I, I, I literally tried to do a thousand words a day when I, when I wrote. And then I'd go, there are days I wrote 12,000 words. And then I couldn't write for two weeks. I couldn't write for two weeks. I'd, I'd just yeah. be, I'd be so burned out. Yeah. Have you done a book, Deitch? Uh, I, I mean, I've done some kids' books, but no, I have. I mean, I almost, uh, I don't want to mention the person's name. I almost sort of was a, would have been a co-writer on a very, very famous sports broadcaster's book. But um, I, given that, Bob, I have essentially sort of written for two major places with an almost daily if not multiple you know by uh multiple times a week job i've i haven't really found the time to be able to do that kind of project and if i'm going to write a book it I, I would want it to be something i'm passionate about and i care about i want it to be great i mean just to be blunt and mm -hmm. i i have not had the time given my other jobs to to do that so my answer is i think i will eventually yeah. I, I just i don't know if that can happen until i walk away from the athletic or some other place like that full time. Well, good luck with it. I, I, I gather John found it somewhat painful from time to time. And I certainly did. And yeah, uh, I, I didn't write nearly as much as John did, but it's, um, it's a grind. Uh, let's get to some other stuff. We congratulate you on the book, John, and we yeah, wish John. you uh, success. You're welcome. With it. I just sold you 10 books, John. Congratulations. That, well, Bob's got to buy nine of them. So, <laughs> <laughs> First I heard of it. <laughs> what, that you have to buy or the book? Both. Oh, yeah. I, actually, Bob, I probably, I could have told you six times about the book and you still wouldn't have remembered, so. Well, send me some comp coffee copies. I know they gave, they gave <laughs> the, the, I know they send you a box. So I'm I've sure the more, box I, has now arrived. That's why you showed us one. Uh, no, this is actually a, a, an early version. Uh, but it, I, it's amazing how many guys I've heard from in the last week asking for their free copy. So. Yeah, make them pay. You make your I, friends pay too, by the way, John. That's how you sell a book. I, I went, listen, I went to, I went to, I worked for a guy named Richard Petty at MLSE for six or seven years. And I got invited to the book launch and I was honored that I got invited to the book launch. And I, you know, and my name was in the book once. And, um, <laughs> and then I, you know, there, there are copies at the, at the book launch at this fancy restaurant in downtown Toronto. And then I walked up, I took a book and they said, that'll be $42. Please. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, I thought, I thought at book launches, they gave the book away, but I guess no. not. Nope. Holy cow. I'm not going to any book launches then. <laughs> We're having one at my house, Bob. Do you want one? <laughs> How much? <laughs> $35 and it's on Amazon and you can pre-order it right now. Is it a hardcover or is it uh, a trade paperback? No, it's a hardcover. Oh, okay. Well, hardcover I might buy. Yeah. All right. I'm paying $35. And, for and, and, and just as an aside, first of all, there are pictures because I always wanted pictures in books because, you know, you needed a break from reading. And there is an index. Lots of oh, guys that's... aren't putting indexes in books anymore. And That's I demanded helpful. I demanded that they put an index in That's because a I know really good idea. I yeah, know I like half that. of my friends. <laughs> I know half of my friends. All they do is they go to they go to chapters or go to Costco and look at the back. Am I in the book? Am I in the book? And then they well, exactly. Yeah. So, like, I'm not. I'm not. I couldn't. I couldn't give a crap about your damn book. I yeah, just want to. I'm going to go see if there's anything on me in there. <laughs> what kind like, of shit you you spread? They're. they're pardon me. I just want to see what kind of crap you spread. Yeah, about come on. Me. I call it quality content. <laughs> I work with you for long enough, pal. <laughs> okay. Let's uh, go. All right. Let's get to the subject matter at hand. If there is a subject matter at hand, the NBA season begins, uh, what, tomorrow? Tonight. 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 
Yeah. Sorry. Golden State Lakers. And, and uh, uh, Sixers Celtics, I believe. The other yes, one. Yes, sir. You're right. Look, what I don't know about the NBA season at this point would fill volumes, but it seems to me there are at least eight or 10 teams in the East that could make the playoffs here. And I'm not even sure which ones are, are going to. I, I do not know who the favorite is in the East, but I'll tell you, there are some teams that are going to jump up and still bite some people. Don't you think? Yeah. So, yeah I'll, have it, I'll start with this. So the East, the East has gotten better. And you are correct that um, I don't, I don't know if there are, let's say more than realistically three teams from the East that can win the NBA title, but there are a ton of teams in the East that are playoff potential teams. And that's what makes it really interesting. Like to me, I I think Milwaukee, um, Boston, Philly probably have separated themselves from, from the rest of the groupings. Um, and you know, for the reason for that, obviously Philadelphia has Joel Embiid. Most uh, NBA writers are predicting to win the MVP this year. Milwaukee is a champion. They have Giannis, obviously, uh, Chris Middleton, etc. Drew Holiday, um, and the Celtics were great last year. They made the finals. They obviously had their issues with the uh, with their coach, who's um, Doku. Yeah, who was suspended. Although eventually, I'm sure he will be tossed. But, um, but they're very good. And getting Malcolm Brogdon, they have a really good starting five. So to me, those three teams sort of are a little bit above everybody else. But then Bob and John, there's like, you know, six, seven, eight teams. You put the Raptors in there too. They can finish anywhere. It feels like from, you know, fourth to, to tenth. Like the Nets are fascinating with Durant, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons. Like how is that going to work? Can that work or will it blow up? Um, you know, other teams like um, – you know, the Cavs have gotten better. The Hawks Re- have no, no, better. The Cavs, the Cavs have gotten a lot better. Yeah. And so, and then we get to the Raptors, which they're a fascinating team to me because they have this um, collection of really interchangeable players, particularly on defense, who can guard everywhere on the court, incredibly switchable, long, um, athletic. The question for the Raptors, it's really the same question as last year, is how, how will they do in like a half-court game and do they have enough shooting? And can they keep their best players sort of healthy and fresh in the most important points of the year, which is late? Fred Van Vliet, clearly somebody who um, wore down by the end of the year and was hurt. So I think it's going to be a great NBA season, particularly in the East. We haven't even gotten to the West yet. Um, and the Raptors, you know, Bob, when, when I was on the show with you, I had a great feel that one year, obviously, in 2019. I thought they would be great. This year, I have no feel. I feel like they can go, they can be like a 51 team. Or if it doesn't work out, they can win like 41, 42 games. It's, um, it's hard to figure out what they're going to be, even though potentially they really could be good. Well, the Raptors seem to me to be a team of balance, a team. Um, they, they are more a team than they are, um, you know, two or three individual players who are relied upon to win, which is a lot of NBA teams. The truth of the matter is that most of the time, a championship team is made up of, of, a star player, at least, at least one guy who jumps out and becomes the guy. Mm-hmm. Now that's not always the case, but I'm not sure who the guy is going to be for the Raptors this year. Will it be Siakam again? Does it have to be Siakam? No, I, I think it Does has Siakam to be Scotty Barnes. Average 25 th- plus points. I think it has to be Scotty Barnes, Bob. I really do. Well, I'm just not sure he's ready. Yeah, the real, I mean, I, I think Siakam, will, if he's healthy, is, certainly going to will lead the team in scoring the question bob and john to me is if you are down one with 15 seconds left who's who's taking that shot that that's like that's your best player like at the end of the day and that's the question is that still siakam or is is it now scotty barnes i think it eventually will be scotty barnes the question is is it scotty barnes this year well actually 15 seconds to go right now if i'm the coach and i'm not it's Fred Van Leet taking that shot for me. Another possible. That's the one thing about the Raptors is they, you know, you look around the court and there are a lot of, I mean, there are a lot of guys who can score. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're going to see this, you're going to see games where OG Ananobi is the best player on the court for the Raptors. Like you said, John, you're going to see games where Fred Van Leet, his shooting is just. Gary you know, Trent. Yeah. Days. Gary Trent's going to have, you know, those games where occasionally he has to, he has 25, you know, or whatever. I really like, um, you know, this is not obviously going to be their best player, but I thought they made a great addition with Otto Porter. If he stays healthy, he's kind of shooter 
um, that they can use. I'm interested in seeing Precious uh, Chua and how yeah. um, his development is. So they have like a lot, a lot of they have a lot of fascinating interchangeable parts. But to get back to something sort of you and John just said, Bob, is the one thing about the NBA is at, at a certain point, especially late in the game, under you do need someone to be the quote unquote the man, the alpha. That's my like, point. Like you yep. do, like, and so I think heading into the season, it's Siakam, but you know, as much I love Pascal, I don't know if anybody in Toronto loves him more than I do, um, and he's gotten better, um, but you know, there there still is like a little bit of a concern of him. Can he get what he wants late in games, being double teamed? Um, and so, as we all know, since all three of us have watched the NBA, like. The, the teams that ultimately win the championship, right, and, and when, win, win those important games, it's like Kevin Durant or Steph Curry or, you know, Alpha or Giannis. Like, that's the person who makes them usually the big shot with, like, 15 seconds left because they can get their own shot. And so mm-hmm. is that Siakam? Is it Barnes this year? It has to be somebody. You see, the, 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 thing, the thing you you bring up, Richard, to me is the – this is this is a, a fair to midland team that way. When you, the guys you mentioned are on the next level of players, whether it be just pure excellence or size, and the Raptors don't have either of those types of things. They, you know, they don't have a Steph Curry to shoot from the outside, although Fred's pretty good, and they don't have somebody on the inside uh, like Giannis who can go to the hoop at will. They are they are. They they are a coach's dream because for, because Nick Nurse has been able to create this culture and build this game plan about uh, uh, amongst players that are six foot nine and six feet and they work well as a team. But can they excel? Can they go and make that key score that key point that that key three or or or, or a, a seventeen footer? At the moment, you know, and that becomes, I think that's the real challenge. Well, and that's what I've been trying to say here, John, is that like, you know, they're going to win high 40s, low 50s kind of game, but are they a championship team? And the answer is probably not. And if you look back at the Raptors development over the years, you know, before Kyrie came or what's his name? Um, Kawhi. 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 Hold on. Bob Bob has Kyrie coming to Toronto. This is scary. I don't know. Yeah, before Kawhi came, they were a fairly well-balanced team with a bunch of different guys who could score and could do things. Yeah. Uh, but he was the guy, even in limited playing time, he was the guy who 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 made the, the big shots at the right time. And, did and changed the, right the personality of the club. No question. Totally did. And and as much as and like you, Richard, I you know, I love Siakam, but I'm not sure he's that guy. Yeah, you and, to me, and there yeah, isn't that guy. The, the 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 whole the NBA in general, Bob, is like a search for unicorns, right? It's a search for that guy, like, and the teams that have that guy, Giannis, obviously, Curry, the Raptors when they had Kawhi, Kawhi when he was on the Spurs, like that's what you're searching for. And so, the only guy really who potentially can be that guy is Scotty Barnes. I don't know if he will become that guy, but that's the only guy in the roster who potentially can be like that kind of player. Um, The Raptors are just an interesting experiment in that they really have a good deep roster. Can that can can like an an interesting interchangeable group of players, like how far can that group go without having like the alpha dog and tradition says that, they can only go to the second round or to the third round, maybe, but they're not going to win a title. The only team, and I apologize, maybe the audience would know, they can correct me. Like the only team in the last 20 years, I think that broke that mold was that Pistons team. If you remember with Rip Hamilton and Chauncey Billups, those were not all time players. They were very good players. Ben Wallace, but mm-hmm. that was like that, that they were able to um, sort of break that mold and win as yeah. a team. Although, if I remember right, it was because the Lakers sort of imploded, but they, if you just go through your history, generally speaking, the title, like whoever wins the title, there's always like a mega superstar, whether it's LeBron or Giannis or, you know, Steph Curry, like that's who wins these. Um, that's who wins. Even like in the, you know, in the playoffs, like the, the Raptors just couldn't handle and beat at a certain point. Like 
there was that was the difference. There was just this one guy who like who can who can score when you need them to score. So um, that's the hope I think if you're a Raptor fan is that like Scotty Barnes eventually is that guy. I don't know if he could do it at 21, but maybe he is that guy at 24 or 25. So then you have to hope that the timelines can 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 you know sort of align and that Siakam's not too old when Scotty Barnes becomes that guy and Fred's not too old when he becomes that guy. I think it's possible. Um, and I do think this year, I think we're going to learn a lot about Scotty Barnes year two and year three usually mm-hmm. are when these like superstars, like kind of like announce themselves, like we are superstars. And so I think you'll, we'll see that pretty soon. If it yeah, it's, it's funny. You, you, you used a word um, about, for this team that I think is so valid, Richard, and that's the word experiment. Because Nick Nurse is a he, he's 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 a mad scientist when it comes to this sport. We had him on what a couple of weeks ago, Bob. Yeah, uh, and just just the amount of the amount of time you could just even when he was talking to us, you could see his mind worrying about plays on on both ends of the court uh, and and thinking what can we do next. Um, his explanation and his his discussion of almost every player on the team and what value they bring to the equation uh, tells you that he's always worrying about how to get to that next level without that superstar. And that really is the, and one guy you haven't mentioned that he, he was, he's quite high on because of his veteran presence is Thad Young, yeah. you know, and, and how important he is to settle some of the young guys down that can't always be on Fred to settle yeah. everybody down all the time. Yeah, the you know the the um the the thing with that with the thing with this team, which again makes them I think very hard to evaluate, is they have guys who like if they have like the kind of years that I think they have potential to have, like they really do become like a different conversation. Like I'll give you for instance, like how, we've been waiting for OG Ananobi to essentially establish himself as an All Star for a while, right? He has the talent, he just hasn't had the consistency. <laughs> So what happens if it happens this year? Gary Trent. I know Bob how Bob feels about OG. Please. <laughs> what happens if this is the year that Gary Trent takes another step? Precious Achua has incredible like ability. And you started to show it last year. What happens if that guy takes another step? So like there are places you can look on the roster where it's like, you know, if X happens, if Y happens, if C happens, they're a little bit of a different team. My one caveat is this. Every team has like the same conversation though. Like, you know, if you're on, if you're talking about Miami, well, what if Kyle Lowry stays healthy, right? What if Tyler Hero takes another step? What if Bam Adebayo becomes a better scorer? So every team has these like what ifs. I do feel like the Raptors have like ten what ifs. They they might lead the league in what ifs. I'll buy you. I'll buy. I'm buying all that, but they need the alpha dog. You you use that word, and I think they that's what the, that's what yeah. they're missing. And I, it's not Barnes. I'm sorry, John, but it's not Barnes. Well, how do you well, know that? You can't know that yet. He's twenty. You sure I can know that? No, I, don't I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, th- that, that was my point was if this team is to get to the next level, it has to be Scotty Barnes to be the alpha dog. Cause we know the other guys can't be. John, I, I mean, Bob, I just, how can you, th- I mean, For, forget it. It's not going to happen. But he's how do you a, know he's, that he's a very good player and that's what he's going to be a very good player. He's not going to be a star. Ooh, I, 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 I don't know I, how you could say that at 20. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I, not saying he's, he's not LeBron. I get it. He's not Kevin Durant, just wait. but he could be, I think he's got all NBA potential. Personally, listen, I, I tell you what, I don't think there's enough made about his health in that Sixers series. Scotty, uh, yes, he wasn't that healthy through well, that. Did, what did, what did, yeah, no, I think did he the, the high ankle, ankle, right? Yeah. High but ankle, that, right? But, but, but John, that happens. That's that's a no, that's no, an my point is, injury. My, my point is, is that I, I I think that that there was a good chance he doesn't he doesn't get hurt. They do beat the Sixers, Maybe. and they might beat the Sixers in six. You know, yeah. that, you know, that, that to me is about it. That was still a long way from a championship. Yeah. No, no. I don't, hey, yeah, I don't I, it's, yeah. It's, even it's if you awful. get past the Sixers, you're all long then you gotta, way. Then you got to play the heat. Hold on. But no, but the East to Richard's point, the East is so vastly different than the West because of this pool of teams. You know, you, there is, there is a path to the Eastern conference championship for a lot, for nine or 10 teams. There is a path. You yeah, get but it's hot a, at the right time. It's a, well, yeah, but it's such a long road, and every opponent you're going to meet is going to be competition. There's got, not going to be a soft team in the playoffs. In the I East agree. With, yeah, I, I also think some first of the, time in a while. 
some of the bottom, the quote unquote bottom feeders in the East are not bottom feeders anymore. Like I think the Pistons are going to be a lot better. You know, like Kate Cunningham, they got some other guys. Cleveland, like you mentioned, John is a lot better with Mitchell there. I mean, they yeah, are. I'm, I'm lo- so I'm looking at, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the, um, so maybe, okay, maybe Charlotte is terrible and maybe Orlando's <laughs> not that great. Although Orlando got the number one pick in the draft. So we'll see how they are. And, and then I think the Pacers are probably going to be uh, not so good, but no, that's the Pacers it. will be crappy, but, yeah, but that's but, it. Atlanta, Boston, Chicago, Cleveland, Detroit, Miami, Milwaukee, Brooklyn. I'm, I'm obviously online here going through this. The Knicks, uh, Sixers, all of those teams, like yeah. they can beat you on a given night. That's a pretty deep conference. Yeah. You, you also mentioned that you think, you think the, the Raptors are deep. I do. Do you deep, really? Deep. I should say deeper they, this year. Boy. Yeah, boy. because I'm a, I, I'm a believer. Do they have a second five? Well, they're not going to use a second five. We always say that, but they, they never use a second five. They're going to bring in two guys to replace guys, and then they're going to bring in two more guys, and then they're going to bring in so, two more guys. So that's John, how it's going to work. I'll tell you. You can tell me if you like them. The bench is essentially like Chris Boucher, mm-hmm. Otto Porter, mm-hmm. um, let's say either a, a Gary Trent, either a Thad Young slash um, – No, it'll be Thad Young. Okay, so Thad Young. Thad Young. But Trent's starting, isn't he? I'm, I'm, I mean, he could be six, I six, so. six man too. And then, yeah. And then, um, Banton, Malachi Flynn. I mean, then and it gets cho- really, really gotta, deep. So the, so the question is what you think here. of, what do you think of Boucher and Otto Porter? Cause that's, uh, and Ken Birch, like, don't, you know, what, th- those are the guys, like if you, that's their depth. So mm-hmm. you have to decide what you think of that. Yeah, I, I, I like Boucher. I think Boucher and Porter are, are borderline, fifth starter type. So I think that's a, not a bad bench to me. But you're not playing five and five. You're not playing. Yes, yeah, yeah. You're not bringing a sec. There's no uh, like days of Dwayne Casey. You're not bringing like the bench mob coming in. No, that's yeah. not happening. So it doesn't although, really although, matter. All, all you need is eight, eight deep. Nine. I, would I, will be say, I will say, I will say, I will say this. I mean, they haven't given up on him, but Malachi Flynn is sort of, I don't think he's ever going to be uh, any kind of premium player in Toronto. And you do, if there's one position you do need backup and depth, it's point guard because you cannot run Fred Van Vliet into the ground. As much as I think Nick Nurse is a phenomenal coach, I think he ran him into the ground last year. Like, well, he did, but he... you can't play him. I mean, I know he doesn't have another choice, but you can't play the guy 44, 45, 42 minutes a night. Like, you're eventually, he's a human being and he's not 6'10. He's a, he's a small dude relative to And the way to the he plays the, the game. The way he yeah. plays the game is you got to reduce his minutes this year, or you're going to fall into the same situation where you come late in the year and he's not a hundred percent. And I don't know what the solution is. Cause I don't think Malachi Flynn is a solution. I don't know. Maybe Delano Banton is a solution or you get into the situation where Scotty Barnes and other guys are the quote unquote point. Well, forward. you play without a point guard is what that's what the coach has done here. I agree with you. That's, that's their, that's, that's what they have to do and they have to hope it works. You know, they, they, they've got everybody and anybody can bring the ball up the court. Yeah. The problem is once they get into their offense, there's no guy at the top of the key to, to set all the plays. Or shoot, right? Like, it's just the – Or you know, shoot. You, That's you the problem. As much as Barnes and Pascal are great, do you have any faith? When they put up a three-pointer, generally speaking, you think it's going to go – it's going to be missing than hitting, right? More than Of course nine. you do. That's the thing. That's where Fred – I feel like when Fred shoots a three, I think it's going in. It's obviously not always going in, but that's my thought. And, you know, that's where I feel like Trent well, can be a big-time player. Because when he gets well, hot, of, he's of really course. good. Yeah. Of and, course. O- and there's OG again, the, the OG factor. We, we need to go to break so Bob can rethink about OG and an OG. I don't have to rethink at all. <laughs> I mean, I don't di- – look, let's get it straight. I don't hate OG Ananobi. I think he's a, probably a lovely guy, and he's a he's a good basketball player. He's just he's not what everybody thinks he is. He never has been. Not one year has he been what everybody thinks OG Ananobi will be. Not once. Not ever. Never and been I healthy. Two years never ago, been healthy. three years ago, I would have traded him. And they're not. And they haven't. And they won't. Do you see? I mean, I hate to use this analogy. I know John's going to like it because he's a hockey guy. Do you see any analogy between OG Ananobi and Willie Nylander? No. <laughs> and just, and I'm saying OG. No, I trade both of them. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Listen, I know how much you want to trade Nylander. That contract now is great. I'm just saying, like, 
Neil, you know, guys do get better. They incrementally get better. And while Nylander's never going to be Connor McDavid, he's still, I don't know if you'd want to deal with a guy. So I'm Holy saying. Holy smokes. We have gone from OG Ananobi to William Nylander in that's 12, my, in 12 that's seconds. My, really in 12 great, seconds. Great to see the Maple Leafs. Great to see the Maple Leafs come out big against the Coyotes. Well done. <laughs> All right. Shut up, both of you. We got to take a break. Um, Richard Deitch is with us. We'll uh, pause and then come back with more after these messages. Uh, it's McCowan and Shannon and uh, Richard Deitch is uh, with us. All right. We spent the better part of uh, the first half of this show talking about the Toronto Raptors, mostly, but the NBA in general. And uh, it all begins immediately. Hey, can I ask you one question? Is it not basketball? It's basketball. All right. Well, Graymont Green finished the season with the Warriors, uh, Richard? Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, I think that never really goes away, but I think teams and organizations like that are professional enough where I don't think it impacts results. But, (laughs) like, that's bad, man. I mean, I I know stuff happens behind the scenes, but that's viscerally pretty awful to to see you know full punch from a guy that big to another player but yeah i just think that team that team is the rightful favorite to win they 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 want they have they obviously are the defending champions clay thompson will be healthier this year and they have a lot of young guys who uh we haven't even seen the best of you know weissman and kamunga uh, kaminga and some of these other guys so yeah i i don't think it i don't think Oops, Richard's breaking up there. Oh. We uh, seem to have lost him. Yeah. Maybe we can uh, get him back here. Um, meantime, see, you have to go to a basketball question, and that's what screwed everything up. It's uh, a good question, though. Not really. Oh, okay. Um, Actually, I, I, I get a kick out of the Warriors. They're more upset about how did the footage get out of practice <laughs> rather than Draymond and Jordan Poole having to f- a fight. <laughs> You're not surprised by the fight, are you? No. It happens all the time in professional sports. I mean, yeah. they are. But Draymond human. Green is that kind of guy, too. And he's in your face. He wants yeah. to win. I like it. Um, while we wait for Deitch to return, uh, Cleveland and New York in baseball were postponed yesterday. Yeah. And too many people casually, you think, okay, so we've got to wait another day. I wonder if how much that changes things, though. That extra day off. I wonder if there's an advantage here, one way or the other. What do you think? I, I you no. Know, first of all, it's it's an eighteen hour turnaround. It's not a full day, so I, I, I don't I don't think I don't think it really um, affects Game Five more than it affects how they how and what they do when they go to Houston to play tomorrow. You know that that. Well, but the, which team is going to go to Houston? That's the question. I think I still think I don't think it changes for me. I said it yesterday. I think it's the Yankees again. I think the Yankees playing at home. Uh, you know, I think that uh, this. But you this know, home field advantage has not has been an advantage. Not, no, no, I know. But I also I just I, I think there are times where. Uh, you know, quality players like an Aaron judge who's been under pressure all season long will, will react to a certain scenario. And I think that that's, what's going to happen in game five against uh, the guardians. You don't. I have a, you know, I have a feeling about this Cleveland team. Um, I guess I also have a feeling about the Yankee team. I, I just, I, I wonder about them. Um, you know, they got off to such a great start and then have been kind of hot and cold the second half of the season. And this Cleveland team is just seems to be very resilient and they, they're they able to put up numbers. Now, not big numbers necessarily, but it seems like they, there's always three, four, five, six runs from Cleveland. They just seem to be able to do it consistently. And their pitching is really good and their bullpen is great. Mm-hmm. I just have a feeling. I don't know. I mean... I don't pretend to be, um, uh, you know, somebody who knows something. I just have a feeling that Cleveland might do it. Well, yeah, and you know, the the Guardians play in that division that nobody pays attention to. That's exactly right. You, you know, I mean, we we've we talked all year about the American League East 
with the Yankees and with the Jays. We do it every Tampa. year. And, and, and now we do, we do it even more so with, with the American League West because Houston has become such a dominant team and, and we paid a little more attention to a team like Seattle. So, all the, I mean, can you tell me all the teams in the American League Central? I mean, seriously, I mean, when you think it's Cleveland, it's the White Sox, it's Minnesota, it's Kansas City. I mean, there's not, you, you look at it and think, well, there's not much there there. And yet the Guardians particularly had, as the Yankees didn't have a great second half, the Guardians did have a great second half. Uh, and, and so uh, would it surprise me if Cleveland goes into, into Yankee Stadium and wins? No. But my gut just tells me that the Yankees and the pinstripes and the history and, the, and, and Aaron Judge being the best player in baseball, he can change the, the, the climate, the temperature, you know, the, the weather patterns of any game anytime he wants if he can do it. No doubt. But I mean, look at how many times he struck out in this series. Yeah, but then we, you know, when he finally did hit the ball, it's out of the park and, it's, and it well, changed the complexion is, of that game. Right? And it changed the complexion of the game. That's exactly who he is. So we're not, not surprised by any of that. Uh, Deitch is about to rejoin us. He's uh, trying to lo- download and um, <laughs> back on. Oh, there you I are. Can't, I, I, we lost power here for like four minutes. What Did the heck? Really? What is that? Come on, Toronto. Yeah, <laughs> get it together. Listen, my, my internet and cable television has been oh, off oh, and on for two weeks, and I'm so pissed. Well, we had a t- on uh, the East End, uh, Toronto Hydro uh, yesterday. <laughs> Took 40 minutes or whatever to get us everybody back, but uh, uh get on, your crap man. together, people. But actually, I, I thought I left, I left New York because I for the services here. <laughs> when you said the way you said, Come on, Toronto, Richard, I thought you were talking about the Maple Leafs last night. Oh. Come on, Toronto. No, let's not get there. First of all, before we go anywhere, we were talking about the Indians and the and the Yankees in game five. Guardians, Guardians, Guardians on, Bob. That's a five dollars. Yeah. The Guardians. Uh, who do you like? You, I mean, you know I like the Yorker? Yankees because, like, yeah, I mean, it's not that I particularly love this Yankee team or anything. And I think the Guardians actually a far more interesting team to move on. But I, I, I find it hard to pick against um, a home team in game five. So I'll take the Yankees with not a lot of confidence. But I, I think it's, I think it's, I always think it's a challenge for, um, a road team to win in an elimination game. I guess unless you're the Seattle Mariners against the Blue Jays. Then now, did wow. you like going to Yankee Stadium? Did you like going to baseball there? Yeah, yeah. As a kid, I went far more to Shea and then ultimately City Field than Yankee Stadium. But yeah, I do Yankee. I, I will say, and Yankee Stadium's gotten a lot better if you're taking public transportation. It's a lot. Uh, the subway setup for Yankee Stadium is a lot better. I will say, you do walk in the Yankee Stadium and you do feel you feel like the history of it. Like it does feel even the new one versus yeah, the old even one. the new one. It just feels yeah. whether it's like Wrigley or uh, Fenway, it just yeah. feels like a you're in a historic place. Um, so yeah, I do. I actually do like going. I agree. Games at Yankee Stadium. I will say prices are absurdly high, <laughs> and you know everything is just like a little bit more of a hassle in New York, yeah. just given the the city and the size, but. Yeah, I, I actually think Yankee Stadium is a pretty good place to watch baseball. I will tell you right now, Richard, the five years I spent in New York, um, and as much as I loved to go into Madison Square Garden to watch the Rangers and the Knicks, there was something special every day in stadium or out of the stadium walking down the street about the New York Yankees. Yeah, they I, are. They're, 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 they're just... They're they're just the, yeah, there's the, the Canadians, whatever, you know, the Cowboys. Oh, they're bigger than that. They're bigger than that. I, by the way, I, John, you, I, you brought this up, and I know this is a total tangent. I think Madison Square Garden is one of the most overrated places in sports history. Yeah, I respect the history and Frazier and Ali and all these places, but the, 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 that building has had no cachet in a lot. When have the Knicks been great? They play a lot on, and maybe it's just because I hate James Dolan. But like they play a lot on history. You agree? I think I think I think world's you hate most James. famous. Is I it really the world's James. most famous arena? I mean, come on. No. Yeah. What is the exactly. most famous Thank arena you, in the world? Then? The Colosseum in Rome. Oh. Well, the, the seat licenses in the in the Colosseum are a little cheaper right now. So. That's right. That's I, right. I still I, I tell you what, I still love going. I think the fans in New York are such and, and it's and it's it's not necessarily for what's occurring on the court or on the ice at the garden. To me, it's the ambience that sports fans in New York create. 
It really yeah, but the, is, the, is the, the people magical. at the garden are like John Shannon. They're suits. They're 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 corporate. <laughs> hold corporate on, hold types, on, hold on, uh, hold on. I'm a suit eating sushi and oh god, yes, their wine. Yeah, I I'm, I just I again I am a New Yorker, so like, and I I'm with you, John. I think there's something great about New York City when it comes to sports. The passion that's that's true of all the East Coast cities in the United States. Specific to Madison Square Garden, though, I just I think it's. It's a little bit of mythology going on there. It's not Willis Reed isn't walking out that door anymore, nor is Walt Frazier. You know what I mean? It's very much a corporate kind of facility to me now. Wow. I and I, I actually I, I think it's different for hockey there. Cause I you go you go up Maybe. into the blues, Maybe. you go up, you go up and watch uh, those those fans and dancing Larry and everything else that happens I'll at the garden. Hockey, I'll concede to you that hockey might be the one sport that yeah. breaks the mold on what I'm saying. I can see. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's I tell you, I still love. I mean, the the ice surface or the court is on the fifth floor. Yes. Uh, uh, and I love walking up the ramp, and you you can hear it, you can smell it. It is just a magical place to go. It really it really is for me. Real magical, I'm, I'm John. Right before you walk in, some guy telling you to f off. Yeah, a lot of magic in New York City. <laughs> well, we work with Bob long <laughs> enough that happens anyway. So. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. Uh, can we talk a little bit about uh, last night's football game? It was. Painfully Ugh. horrible. Again, another another national telecast that was horrible. And uh, I don't know that I've seen a quarterback have a worse half than Russell Wilson had. No, no not he did again. He sure did against him. the Colts two weeks ago. Sorry, say again. He did against the Colts two weeks ago. No, this was worse. I think, think? the second half second half last night I thought was worse. Wow. It was. Well, you know, I think he completed five passes in the half. And he did nothing. Now, were his receivers covered? Of course they were. But he just, he did not look like the quarterback who, for all those years, led the Seattle team to, you know, good performances. Well, two Super Bowls. They were appeared in two Super Bowls. So. Yeah. You know, the, the he league, wasn't that the guy. NFL, yeah. The NFL has invested a lot nationally in the Broncos. Like, they're on a lot of national telecasts. And if they're not good, you know, that's a dud team. You're not, you're not wrong, Bob. The last couple of weeks in between some incredible games, like the Bills Chiefs was just great theater. Well, that was fantastic. That. Sure. Right. In between that, you know, we got Bears Commanders. We got <laughs> last night's Monday Night Dog. I think that's just probably going to be the case is that like sometimes if you get a national game where one of the teams just is either, um, you know, overrated on paper or just doesn't show up to play, um, you're going to, to get some dogs but uh the league i mean you know from writing about this stuff the league needs star quarterbacks um to have to have interesting teams like they need denver to do well they need the packers to do well the packers are a team that's on national television it feels like almost every week they need the cowboys to do obviously well they're always on television so there are certain teams that if they're not very good especially later in the year you're going to start to see these teams on like prime time spots and the potential for dog games are bad. Conversely, sometimes you do get some surprise teams that you don't expect. Like, I don't think anybody expected the Eagles to be this good. No. So they should be compelling whenever they're on but, national television. But, but yeah, we have the last couple of weeks, we've had some games that have been what do you, what horrific do you, to watch. Richard, you're, that's your beat. What do, you, what do you think the guys at Amazon are saying? I think the people at Amazon are happy. I mean, the, the viewership numbers for them are near the high end of what they hope to get. They, they promised advertisers, if I remember, uh, around 12 million or so. They're, I think, mm -hmm. averaging a touch below that. But they, they didn't crater, John. Like the, they, 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 they had two goals here. One, put on a great production that feels like a broadcast production. To yep. me, they've done that. That's why you hire Fred Goodelli and Pierre Moussa. And, you know, this is your world, John. You put very smart people behind the scenes. Sure. And... That's what they've done, and they have a really high-level production. So that's part one. They checked that box, which is good. Second box is they they have had people who've streamed the games. You know, it's not like there's a massive American audience who's like, this is too complicated for me. I'm not going to watch. You know, they've gotten uh, 13, 14 million for a couple of these games. So I think if you're Amazon Prime Video right now, I think you're feeling really, really good. Um, you wanted to show the NFL that people will come and watch your product. And that's happened so far. Um, whether that continues, I think so much of that will have to do with 
obviously what the game matchup was. They just had their lowest, not surprisingly, their lowest viewed game of the year. But I think if they have decent teams, um, I think they're going to get over 10 million. And then lastly, <laughs> you know, here's the last one. I'll just say really quickly. None of these other networks want the Thursday night football anymore. They weren't Correct. making money and it was a pain in the butt for them to do. So Amazon in many ways bailed the NFL out by paying them a billion, you know, a billion dollars or whatever they ended up paying for this, uh, for this deal because Fox, CBS, and NBC, they were done with Thursday Night Football. They had been there, done that, and they didn't want it anymore. Well, the interesting thing invariably, whether it's Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football, or now Thursday Night Football, is the matchup. And, um, and obviously, the, the you know, NBC, CBS both want good matchups in their games on Sunday. Well, there aren't enough good matchups to go around. So right That's now, Amazon point. is at the short end of the stick. Mm -hmm. But do they have enough influence to be able to kind of tap the NFL on the shoulder and say, hey, give us better matchups? They, no. they not. I mean, they don't have, you know, what ESPN negotiated in its late in its in, in the current deal that we're in now flexible scheduling for Monday Night Football. That's the only way you bail yourself out as this is where this was ever solved. Genius to get Sunday Night Football flexible schedule. So mm -hmm. you never have a dog game late where the NFL did bail out and that bailout's not the wrong word. Where the NFL really took care of Amazon, Bob, was their opening week game. I'm trying to remember. Was it Chiefs-Chargers? Like, they gave them a great game on paper to start. And that got them a very, very big viewership. It got them a lot of attention. But the reality is, you are right, Bob. There's not enough great games to go around. No. And when they do these primetime schedules, Amazon will be fifth in the pecking order, you know, after the 425 games for CBS and Fox. Sunday Night Football on NBC and Monday Night Football on ESPN. That like Amazon has to be fifth. You you mm -hmm. you you you're not going to put the best game of the year on Thursday Night Football behind a streaming service. That's just that's not what the NFL does. I agree. Um, we got to get out of here. Time is our enemy. We uh, thank you for yours, and uh, we'll have you back very soon. Uh, thanks a lot. Stay healthy and uh, go write a book or something. All right. <laughs> Great to see you both. Richard Deitch, we'll come back and wrap it after these messages. Our thanks to Richard Deitch for uh, joining us on the program. Shannon McCowan back uh, with you. Uh, hey, uh, the National Hockey League, um, Columbus, Donut, Vancouver, Donut. Yeah. And Vancouver has had two goal leads in every game they've played yeah. and lost. First time in NHL history. That's that a team is a team has lost yeah. its first three games with multiple goal leads. It was actually three nothing in Edmonton on the on the opening night. Their power play has stunk. Uh, you know, special teams not very good for for the, the Canucks. They were up uh, four to two in in Washington, and it looked like they had everything together, and then the wheels fell off. So and and Bob. They, they pay Columbus tonight, who is also, as you said, 0-3. So one of our friends at least is going to have some points. Well, one's going to have some – we'll have two points, we think. Yeah. Well, and, no, well somebody, no. has to have, somebody, somebody has, has to, to have two points. two points. But somebody's still going to be winless Yeah. at the end of this. And, and these are two teams that had – these two teams with aspirations. Now, not championship aspirations, but aspirations to make the playoffs – yeah. And you could have, you would, I would have bet both of them. Well, one of the two at least would make the playoffs. Now, you know, I mean, three games in, but. Wait, no, but, but they, here's the thing that I think that, that we, we both agree on is that both teams were going to be exciting to watch. Both teams were going to be, you know, in, if not in the playoffs, but in contention all the way to April. Um, you know, the, Bruce, Bruce and the Canucks got, I think, got Delta really bad blow to start the season with a, a huge road trip uh, is really hard. That's tough. It's, and this is the second year in a row they did it. And, and Travis Green was the coach a year ago and he got off to a bad start. So uh, that's just, that's just bad scheduling in my mind that they would put the hockey club on the road for a five or six game road trip to begin the season. Just, you know, Columbus, they have to finish it in Columbus, Minnesota, uh, before they play at home. So it just, it's just, to me, that's not, that's not very good planning. Well, uh, does, does the fact that Vancouver has had leads in every game mitigate the fact that they've lost every game? 
That, that's a good question. Um, you, you know, I mean, the, the can if you're up, listen, if you're up three nothing on a team and you're up two nothing or four two, you should be able to hold a lead. I agree, but at least you played well for a period of time. At least, you know, now in Vancouver's wow. case, they're going to look at the second period and third period in every game and say, oh, you know, we stunk there, so, you know, we wind up losing. Yeah. But the they truth of the matter is at least, at least they played well at certain periods. They played well for two periods in Edmonton. They played, they did, they were up, by the way, they were up to nothing in Philadelphia and they weren't the better team in the first period in Philadelphia. So that shouldn't have been a surprise. And then in, in Washington, they probably played well enough for 40 minutes as well. And then the caps woke up, but it, to me, it's just, gosh, and it, it's, it, it's, to me, it's just one of those things where you go, what is happening? Can you, the, the classic, we need to play a 60 minute game cliche is one of those things for this hockey club right now that must be driving Bruce nuts. Cause they can't play 60 minutes in one night. Well, they're not playing 60 minutes. I think they can play 60 minutes. And yes, I, I think you're right. Gabby is losing his mind right now, three games yeah. into the season, wondering what do I have to do to wake yeah. this team up and get them going? And well, I don't think, I don't, I'm not sure he knows what the answer is. No, because everybody seems to mean that they have had some tough times on their blue line injuries. And that's where their Achilles heel is, is on the blue line. And I don't know how you fix it because they're, and we're going to talk about it all season long. They got a cash, a cap crunch, like yep. lots of teams do, and that's that's not going away. Uh, we got to get out of here again. Our thanks to uh, Richard Deitch for uh, being with us. Uh, John Gibbons yeah. tomorrow, Bob. Perfect. Uh, for John Shannon, Bob McCallum, have yourself a nice night. We'll see you. Goodbye, everybody. Mm-hmm.